Hello, and welcome to the 17th episode of How to Hold a Pencil. My name is Ruben Ingber, and I'm your host. Special thanks to Simplecast.fm for supporting the show. This week with me, I have Johnny Hallman, a self-taught developer and designer currently freelancing as Destroy Today. Uh, Welcome, Johnny. And uh, for the people who don't know who you are, uh, why don't you tell listeners at home a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I'm a designer developer uh, living and working in Brooklyn, um, yeah, pretty much what you said, just freelancing right now, just trying to, uh, make some good work. Awesome. So I'd love to, what I'd like to ask my guests first, uh, is sort of how did you get your start on the web? Oh boy. Um, I think I started really early. Uh, I was about 10 years old, um, just got really interested in websites specifically. And, uh, I think we got an AOL account. It was like AOL 2.7. Uh, it's, it's pretty old. Um, but I remember we had to pay like five cents a minute uh, to use it. So it was, you know, none of this unlimited bandwidth or anything like that. But I remember going pic- to websites. And pictures loaded at a pixel at a time. Oh, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I got really interested in websites specifically. Um, and, you know, being a kid, I was really into video games. So all I wanted to do was just make websites for my favorite video games have like cheat codes on there and um, for some reason I, since it's like the internet I assumed like everybody came to my website so it's very important to have um, all these cheat codes up to date and uh, sharing all this artwork for the different video games um, so yeah from that it led to uh, that, pretty much where I am now <laughs> that's awesome so when you were starting out when you were 10 which is several years ago um how did you go about really learning uh, to code? Like what what did you use to teach yourself whether it was design skills or your amazing coding skills? I think it was just a matter of being really curious about how things work um, and just searching and trying to find out um, how can I do this? How can I make that possible? Um, and then also looking at what other people are doing and you know, since it's the web, we can just dig through the view source. Um, so I, I did that a lot, just looking at my favorite developers or designers and seeing exactly how they did things. And then I would try to do it myself and um, add a little bit extra each time. Um, so, yeah, it was just that. And then at the time, books were really big. So uh, not so big a thing now, but uh, I would go to the library or to like a Barnes & Noble or something like, like that and, you know, pick up the latest book. That's, that's, that's really awesome. You know, how, how, you know, I think so many developers as they learn things, you know, they, you know, I recently learned a lot of jQuery stuff and a lot of JavaScript stuff. And now the sites that I'm doing are just full of it. And I think it's, it's so funny how you learn something and you want to like put it in everything. And, uh, Mm I think a lot of people, you know, experience that as they're learning. How, over time, did you sort of uh, build the confidence that you have and to build something and to sort of keep pushing yourself forward? Like, what kept you going? Uh, I think it's this lack of patience for doing the same thing over again. Um, and in each project that I do, I like to really just add something new that makes me have to learn either a new language or a new framework or try out a new library that I've been wanting to try out. Um, so each project lets me do that, um, or I'll find a way to to squeeze it in. Um, but yeah, like I think that's what keeps me going. And if I were to keep on making the same old thing over in like cookie cutter sort of design, I'd 
go crazy after a little bit. <laughs> I, um, think, I think a lot yeah. of people would. I think I think you know varying your projects and you know finding things to do that challenge yourself is something that a lot of developers have said on the show and to me personally. Um, so over time, you know, you you've built a lot of things. You worked for Adobe for a while. Um, sort of, how did you find your first? You know, sort of after you were building your own game sites and stuff like that, how did you sort of find your first projects? You know, like I don't want to say real projects because obviously your 10 year old websites are probably a fantastic piece of nostalgia to look at. But, mm-hmm. you know, your, your, your sort of, you know, your professional projects, you know, how did you go about finding them and building up that sort of side of your life? Hmm. Um, I think I just started building stuff for myself first um, and then just put it online. I think that was the big thing where, um, I wasn't really seeking, um, attention or, um, people to work for or anything like that. Um, the kind of projects that I was doing that really started to take off, they all happened in college, um, where I was just building it for myself and then putting it out there for people to download. Um, and it gained traction. Uh, and from that, you know, Twitter was happening at the time. So, uh, I got a lot of exposure of just releasing my apps for free. Um, and people started to notice that. And, um, you know, with Twitter being early, it was this small community of following only specific people. Um, so I built a lot of really close relationships from just my early Twitter followers or people that I like to follow on Twitter. Um, and that became a big like part of where my foundation community is right now um there's i like i the people that i first followed on twitter i think um i still follow them now and we still have this like internet only friendship (laughs) um but we sometimes meet at conferences and it's nice to like reunite and it it feels like we've been friends for a very long time which is kind of strange but um yeah it's like through that you'll have one connection that they just solve a piece of your work like once. Um, and then all they have to do is mention your name to somebody else who's looking for somebody or, um, who needs that kind of work. And from there you can just get a whole new project. Uh, and I, I'm been really fortunate for like a number of my most recent gigs that were really exciting to work on just came from somebody, um, just throwing my name in the hat that's awesome. Yeah. You know, you, you talked a lot just now about community. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so many people that I've interviewed and so many people that I've spoken to um, have mentioned that, whether it's Stack Overflow or a Facebook community or, you know, your Twitter friends, um, you know, your online friends, as you like to call them. Um, sort of how, you know, I know you were on Twitter in the early days when it was a small community. What advice would you give to somebody just sort of starting out? Uh, to sort of build that community and to find those people? Um, I think it's just a matter of like like doing little test runs with people that um, that you like to hear from, that you like to see their work and um, see what they're up to, that uh, they post unique things um, and dig into who they follow too and you'll find some pretty interesting people. Um, and then you'll find certain circles uh, that all sort of like revolve around a nice uh, topic if you like to follow a certain thing. 
Um, that's what I've been doing. And, and I, to be honest, I haven't really followed anybody new in several years. Um, so I think it's like I got to a point where I'm following like 100 people and that's more than enough to try to keep up with the entire day. Um, <laughs> and I'm only on Twitter. Um, like I don't have a Facebook account. I deleted that in 2005, I think. I, en- just like... I, I envy you. <laughs> I, well, I, yeah, I absolutely was... envy you. <laughs> it was really easy to like make that move back then. <laughs> um, I think for me it was the... The tipping point was when they added the news feed. Um, I said it was too much like Twitter, so I just got off of it. Wow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's amazing that you only follow 100 people on Twitter. Um, I, I envy you because I cannot, I can never keep up with everything that I'm trying to keep up with. And there are some points where you just have to declare bankruptcy. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I like that idea of just um, you don't need to keep up with everything all the time. Like if you don't go on Twitter for like a day, um, nothing's going to happen for sure. You I'm, might miss a few acquisitions or <laughs> anything like that, but it's pretty much the same old. That's the way I am with podcasts too. I mean, I subscribe to dozens, but there are some weeks where I'm just like, I'm not going to get to all of you and I'm just marking you as played and I'm yeah. fully okay with that. I remember, um, with Google Reader sp- specifically, <laughs> um, I got a new computer and have my pin tabs in my, in Chrome and, um, I guess I forgot to add Google Reader, and then I realized like a year later that I forgot to add it. So <laughs> it was something that I didn't really need, um, and I'm kind of glad that I don't have it anymore because it, then it's another like thing in the morning to like go through. If you would have opened that, your computer would have exploded because you would have had like 10 billion unread items. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's, it's the same sort of thing where um, – I was watching this show. It was uh, about like moving or like cleaning up your apartment. Um, and somebody takes all of your stuff and puts it into a container. And then you can only take out the stuff that you remember. So that's like an easy way of getting rid that's of all fantastic. the clutter. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. So lear- learning to code, as as I'm sure you're aware, learning to use a new library or learning a new language is incredibly difficult. And probably one of the most difficult parts is uh, keeping motivated. Um, so I would love to know what keeps you motivated to learn new things and more importantly, uh, or equally as importantly, what would you tell someone just starting out, uh, to keep them motivated and to keep them pursuing these skills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, learning, uh, new languages or frameworks are, is a really important part, um, because I get to a certain point with a specific language that I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. It's not really exciting anymore. Um, it kind of happened with with ActionScript back in the like Flash days, uh, and then I tried out PHP, and that was fun for a little bit. But then it got kind of boring because it was very static compared to like the kind of stuff I was doing with Flash. Um, and then recently, I got really heavily into Ruby, but uh, more recently, I'm getting sort of bored of it and try. I really want to like look around and try other things. Um, so I'm like looking into Node.js for the first time and pretty exciting but it's just not knowing things and trying to figure out how they work and find their benefits over other languages um i think that's a really important part of just trying to stay active but also motivated to keep on making new work um it wasn't up until recently that i got really heavily into using like css or javascript to 
just add a little bit of something to a website to make it really special. Um, that was like the 53 pencil page was like the first time I've ever done scrolling effects on a website. <laughs> um, so it was nice to like learn how that was done, but at the same time, not push it to the same level that a lot of other people do where it's like way over the top. It's nice to like pull things back a little bit and just make it a little bit subtle. So it's so funny that you mentioned uh, the pencil page um, because I think that the subtle touches that you left in that page are fantastic along with the new site that you just released for Chroma and I will link to both of these in the show notes. Um, I'm really interested in learning sort of what is your process on these types of projects. I mean they're so – they're small projects, but the the impact that you have on them, whether it's your design skills or your development skills, is amazing. I mean, because of you, I went out and I know I went out and bought a pencil by fifty three, and I already owned two <laughs> other styluses. Um, but nice. I saw how amazing it was, and how like the intricacies and the technology behind it was just displayed in a way that is amazing. And I'm wondering, you know, how how you go from oh, we need a website for a pencil, you know, a stylus to that. Like what was your thought process and sort of, you know, your process like on that? So, um, 53 was, uh, first I'll just like go through the connection that I have through there. Um, I used to work with or work at Adobe with, uh, Tara Fiener who now works at 53. Um, and she was the one that introduced me to the team and, um, said that they were in need of doing a marketing site for this new product. Um, but the thing was that they have like really solid designers in house. So they came to me with just like a, a, a flat design and we're just like, this is what we have. Let's try to make it into a website and let's like reflow it down to mobile. Um, and they had a few different prototypes on how to make the site a little bit more special than just a flat site. Um, and the one thing speci- like regarding the pencil was that, uh, they wanted to show the parts, but the first prototype that they had for it was that as you scroll, it gets to a point and then the parts just like sort of explode and they go off into like this little map of text next to each part. Um, but it, since this was like the first thing that I've ever done with scrolling, I wanted it to feel like it was still on the page, like it was being sort of dragged with the page at when you get to a certain point, like the, the parts just stick to a part on the page. Um, so as you scroll, they're just like anchored there. Um, and it doesn't look jarring in the whole like parallax, parallax kind of way. No, it, it Um, flows. So seem, uh, uh, it's, it's one of those sites I show people and I'm like, I want to build something like this one day. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm really happy with how it came together. And, um, also it has these, these little, uh, I guess little Easter eggs. I don't know if you want to call them that, but uh, I attached the scrolling animation to the resize of the window as well. So you can get to the bottom of the pencil and use, um, do like a vertical resize of the window and you can actually pull it down. Um, So I like those little details. Like it's, it's a little, it's very small, but it makes a huge difference. But for doing that, just like the process of it, I think it was just a matter of, thinking up an idea of something that would work well that's not way too over t- over the top and then just a little bit of prototyping here and there and luckily for me the technical challenges were very small like everything that i tried worked um like it was just a matter of doing like positioning absolute or fixed on the window and then once it got to a certain point you just 
ch- change the position to static or um, something like that. So it wasn't using too much JavaScript at all. It was mostly CSS, just switching between classes. But um, yeah, it turned out pretty well. I was really happy with it. That's awesome. So before we continue, I want to thank our sponsor for today, and that's Simplecast.fm. And for those of you that are sitting there and wanting to start a podcast, Simplecast is the way to go. Um, they're fantastic. It's low but low cost. Um, it makes it makes recording and posting podcasts to iTunes and to everywhere else super easy. And they are they're fantastic for supporting the show, and I really appreciate it. And you can check them out at www.simplecast.fm. Um, or you can check them out on Twitter at Simplecast. Uh, so, Johnny, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, a publishing platform that you played a big role in called SiteLeaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and you um, you were working on it with the guys at Oak Studios. Um, and sort of tell me sort of how that idea came about and and why why you felt that that was a great project to work on. Um, so I think the original idea is um, from Skyler, one of the Oak guys. He's had this idea, um, and he actually built it out in PHP years ago, um, like maybe four years ago. Uh, and it was this whole idea of one-click published to static on online, um, pretty much like what Jekyll does, but uh, having everything live online so you can still use a CMS that... Um, can be up. You can update the content anywhere you want, um, and I love this idea because I've used Jekyll in the past, uh, and I my website got to the point where it was such a chore to update it, and I really like updating my site, but I don't want there to be any sort of roadblocks or hurdles in between that p- prevent me from adding new content. Um, so that was a project that I was like really drawn to. Um, and we worked together in the past on Dropmark. I helped them out a little bit. Um, just for a month, I worked on like the search and sort for that. Um, so when SiteLeaf came up, uh, we decided to work together again. Uh, and the interesting thing was that we wanted to take just a month to build it um, from start to finish. So it was only like 30 days of work um, for the initial version that we launched. Uh, so it was nice to like work with a team that was so well oiled that we were just blazing through it, um, working every single day, uh, knowing exactly what we were supposed to work on. Um, we had several, like it was me and Larry Fox on the back end, and then um, Sawyer was a front end developer, and Mike Fortress and Alonzo were like front end design slash development. And then Skyler was just picking up pieces in the back end and trying to tie things together. Um, so it was really nice to like have each person knowing exactly what they're doing. Um, and we worked in a way that was very seamless where we had, uh, I think it was Campfire at the time, just a place for us to just chat so we didn't have to like stop and have a meeting and waste time doing that. Um, if we needed anything, we would just um, add a GitHub issue or uh, assign somebody something. So... It was nice to have this team mentality that worked really well, um, especially because I was a freelancer who was just solo. So I, I didn't. I, I'm not really big on working with teams. Like I, I'm not used to it. I'm I'm used to just working by myself. Um, so when I have to work on a team, I kind of feel discouraged. I feel like I'm 
not going to be able to work well. But then when I worked with Oak, it, it didn't feel like I was working in that sort of scenario where I was having trouble working with a team. I was just like one of those guys just working together towards this product. It was really nice. Well, I think the results are fantastic. And I mean, Sightleaf makes it so simple for somebody who, for somebody who's really learning um, HTML and CSS to sort of take that to the next level. <clears throat> and I recommend it to a lot of people who are setting out as a, as a uh, platform of choice to sort of start building, you know, something beyond a static site, because I think it's, mm-hmm. because I think it's, you know, you learn this syntax called liquid and you, you really get to manipulate things in a much easier fashion. I think it's easier, not easier, but I think it's sort of a quicker learn than say jumping into WordPress development, which is also fantastic, but you know, you have to get, you have to push a lot with WordPress to sort of get yourself going. Um, yeah, I, I recently had to, like I say had to, um, because I really had to build this WordPress website um, and spend like the past dozen websites I've built were all on Siteleaf. Uh, so I kind of forgot what it was like to use another <laughs> CMS. Then I went on WordPress and I just, oh my God, that was one of the worst days of my entire life. Just like going back to something like that where it's, I don't know why it's built the way it is, or maybe it's just because it's been around for such a long time that things just keep on being added on top. And, you know, it's supposed to be a blogging platform and now it's open to websites, but then it still is like, I don't know, it can't make up its mind. No, I I agree with you. And I think it's something that the WordPress community is dealing with too, as it grows. Um, And, you know, with Siteleaf, I think it's, 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 it's a straightforward system and you figure it out and it allows you to really, it allows you to really make something that's like, that isn't just, you know, you know, here's hello world in HTML and CSS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit in, you know, the remaining minutes that we have a little bit about uh, your freelance life. Um, I've spoken to a lot of freelancers and stuff, but you know, I never really get into sort of what it is and sort of that thing. So you went solo not too long ago. I, I think it's a little over a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, you left, you left Adobe. Um, what's it, what was the process like to jump into freelancing? Was it scary? You know, like how, how did you go about it? So before you make the decision, it's terrifying. <laughs> um, the thought of just, you know, being let out on your own, there's no expected salary every two weeks or paycheck direct deposit anything like that um also there's no insurance until you sign up for it um there's a lot of these things that just make it a really scary decision uh which is kind of good i think because it it makes the people that really want to do it actually take the jump um but then once you do you realize just how free you are uh and how nothing comes close like no full-time job will feel like freelance like how you can say like oh i'm going to work with this company for a month and then the next week or the next month i want to work with a completely different company or i'm going to like give up on programming and i'm going to switch to design or i'm going to switch back and forth you can't really do that in a company and some companies do have that have it that way but it's still like you have to ask permission or you have to uh, check with your manager and see if there's enough resources here or there um but yeah, it's. I love that more than anything. Just knowing that I don't have to be at the studio at a specific time. I can roll in um, in the afternoon if I want, if I want to spend more time at home in the morning. Um, or I can stay late and 
I don't need to do that just to make it seem like I'm pulling my weight. Um, you know, like if I uh, let somebody down, like in a project, like that's all on me rather than like, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love being a freelancer so much that it's, it, it feels so good to just be out on my own and everything that I do, um, all the work that I do day to day, is just like adding to, um, I guess it, I can be responsible for it. I think that's the main thing. That's awesome. So if you could give one piece of advice to somebody who is contemplating jumping into the freelance life, um, what advice would you give them? Um, I think just be very ready to do that. Um, like don't make a rash decision. Uh, like if you're not ready to, um, go a month or two or three without being paid, um, don't be a freelancer. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, make sure you have projects lined up. Make sure you're like actively working on freelance projects before you're a full-time freelancer. That really helps um, so that you actually have, you know, a runway to work with rather than just being let out. Um, and then you have to sort of scrounge to find a project. It's really good not to have to like look for a project rather than um, just getting emails from time to time just and having connections that you can rely on and be like oh maybe i should reach out to that person because i just want to work with them like i used to do that in the past or maybe i had a little bit of extra free time and i saw a studio or a person that i really liked their work so i just said like hey i got some free time if you have any projects i'd love to work on them um or you just i guess half of it is just luck too um (laughs) having your exposure in the right places at the right time and attracting the right attention to like uh, lead to that next project and making sure that everyone's time frames align. Uh, that's a big thing too. That's, that's some sound advice for somebody looking to get started in the freelance world. So I like to, I like to towards the end of the show, bring it back to, you know, getting your start. Um, if you could go back to your 10 year old self um, who was you know messing around on the web and building websites for gamers with you know cheat codes and stuff what uh what singular piece of advice would you tell them tell yourself back then hmm. and it's one of the toughest questions that I ask everybody, and they all give me the same I have no idea, but then they come up with something good, so I hope you come up with something good too <laughs> yeah well uh, part of me is on the more cynical side where. I want to just tell myself not to get too too deep into programming um, because I, I feel like I'm really deep into the programming world. Like once you get, start getting into security vulnerabilities and really understanding how much power programmers have and um, responsibility on top of that as well, it gets really scary. Um, and it's less about like experimenting. It's more about just being a responsible developer. Um, and I miss the side of me that was more experimental where I would, you know, try to get something on the web as soon as possible and not worry about these little edge cases or, um, you know, how many browsers are we going to support and that kind of stuff. Uh, I miss having fun. And I guess with like the most recent like product sites I'm doing now, it's, it's easier to have fun without too much responsibility of, um, worrying about users accounts and, 
protecting people or anything like that. It's nice to just put a static website out there. Um, so I don't know, part of me wants to tell myself to remember to design and to, uh, play off the computer and have fun that way rather than just getting so deep into the really programmer heavy side of things. That's, that's some really interesting advice. Um, because I think a lot of people when they're learning don't realize that they need to like sort of take a step back and, you know, think about having fun and really, you know, doing it for why doing it for the reasons that they started out on. Um, so I know you've worked on a ton of things from working with Dropbox and Mailbox on something that hasn't been released yet, um, to working on the paper site and to working at Adobe and your own site. What's your favorite project on the web? That you've made um i think the thing that i that it's i guess i don't know i'm really drawn to just the the work that i did to 53 primarily because every single project that i've done since then has been because of that website um so everybody who i've worked with from you know dropbox who i'm currently working with to um ones in the past few months it's just like they come to me and they say like hey by the way we saw the 53 site and the conversation starts from there like when i was in house at dropbox a few people and they're like oh this is the pencil guy <laughs> so you sort of like get a name for a specific piece of work and it's kind of nice just because um it does like automatic advertising for you uh like people go there to see the pencil sure um and then they see a little bit of like just how special the website is, and they'll ask like, "Oh, who is responsible for this?" Um, and then my name comes up from just being the person who developed it. Um, so from there, it's like a piece of work that's online that people can see, and then they it drives traffic my way, so I can work on the next project. Um, so that's what I really like of just like having something like shipping something, having your work out there. Um, to sort of lead to the next project Um, because sometimes when you're working in a company it's really tough to go from project to project that never ships and I've been through that a lot and that really hurts you big time because uh, one it could be a really cool project that you're working on and it just never sees the light of day Um, but then also because of that nobody knows that cool work that you've done to like lead to the next project so you're Sort of like shit out of luck trying to get to the next project. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice to have things that are really out there. And that's uh, being a freelancer, it's easier to have work that actually ships rather than keeping something internal in a company and it's just shelved. That's awesome. So I like um, I, I like to ask uh, some uh, my guests a little bit of something that's off topic, um, and I know that you're a huge huge fan of coffee, like everybody else. <laughs> but uh, you you brew a lot and you what and you make a lot. What is your favorite coffee? Oh, uh, that's an easy one. <laughs> so in L.A., there's a coffee roaster called Handsome, uh, and they are by far the best coffee that I've had. And whenever I'm on the West Coast, I'm, excuse me, I make sure I stop by there in L.A. and uh, get a, a, I guess last time I was there, I got four bags of beans. Oh, wow. Um, I got so much (laughs) that they just gave me a free coffee. (laughs) That's Uh, awesome. But yeah, it's it's really good. And I have a friend in L.A. and every time he comes by, 
he brings some with him and it's just, yeah, makes my day. That's awesome. Um, so what is the, just, you know, the last, last couple of questions before we wrap up, what does the future hold for you? Um, I don't know. The more I work towards my freelancing career, um, the shallower the future becomes like the, like imagine there's a fog, um, in the future that's sort of like revealing how much you can see into the future. Um, the more that I work toward my free- freelancing career, the less like the closer the fog is where I can't see past a week or two weeks. Um, currently it's, it's really hard to see past a week or two. Oh wow. Um, so it's nice to work as hard as I can on the current day, uh, and sort of plan out the current week. But who knows what will happen next month. Um, I'm trying to wrap up my current projects and then take just a month, I guess sabbatical you'd call it, uh, and focus on an app that I've been trying to work on. And I have a really good feeling about this app. And if I can just spend a month and really get it to a place that I can like ship it and get people to use it, um, I mean, who knows? This could be my next thing. So that's what I'm really excited about right now, just having something that I have complete ownership over and can sort of make it this... Going back to where I started, where I'm a solo developer running this app all by myself, um, and I'm completely responsible for it, but I also um, retain all the rewards that come with it. So it's like I can grow with the users and get back to that that I had in my past apps. Um, I miss that feeling of being able to control every single aspect of a project that I'm working on and having it sort of grow into something that's becomes really nice. That's that's awesome, and I wish you the best of luck with the new app. I've seen some sneak peeks, sneak peeks of it on your Twitter account. I've seen some pics and stuff that mm-hmm. you've shared. Um, so the last question that I ask everyone, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Twitter, personal website, that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, just destroytoday.com, at destroytoday on Twitter. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, Johnny, I want to thank you again so much for being a guest on my show. I really appreciate it. Um, for everything we talked about on the show, you can check out the show notes at www.howtoholdapencil.com. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Hold a Pencil, and you can follow me on Twitter at Ruben Ingber, R-E-U-B-E-N-I-N-G-B-E-R. Uh, and once again, thanks to my guest, and I will see you all next week.